Now, I want to introduce our next guest. He's been on the show before. Uh, I don't know quite know how to describe him or give him a title. I'm sure he doesn't want to have a hard and fast title, but I shall call him today, uh, at least initially, as a health advocate, Clive DeCarl. Uh, but he's many other things. I'm sure he'll he'll let me know how he would like to be addressed formally in just a second. But uh, Clive has, has, has a very interesting story to tell, not just about his personal life, but what he's doing now and what his mission is uh, in the world today. And we, uh, we will be helping to make Clive's products available through 21st Century Wire. If you go on the on our main site, you'll see right above the uh, features section, Clive DeCarl, there's a link to his store. And we encourage people to explore Clive's online store in terms of health supplements. Um, that will be available. You'll be seeing more of that. And we'll be talking more about some of these issues and some of these things that we can do to improve our overall health and our natural immunity and all of these things that uh, I think everybody is interested uh, in doing. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome on to the Sunday Wire this week, Clive DeCarl. Hello, Clive. Hello, Patrick. So kind of you to invite me again. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. And uh, again, I didn't have a title for you. I mean, some people might call you a nutritionist. Some people might call you a nutrition consultant, a well-being consultant, a health advocate. Uh, So I don't know if you have an official title, Clive, I'm sure, because you do so many different things. But uh, how how would one address you formally? I think uh, traditionally I'd be called a bloke that knows some stuff. Okay. Something like that. Um, you know, uh, I started off in ophthalmic optics, contact lenses, and I sold a company and suddenly I had enough money to decide, well, I'm going to redesign my life. What do I want to do? And sort of opening the world up to possibilities is what I wanted to do. And I realized that loads of people were ill. So I started learning health. And uh, now, really, I suppose I'm a, I'm a health consultant, maybe, or a health educator. I don't really do consultations really anymore, but I do make videos. And, uh, you know, I've, I feel that, that my job is to try and explain actually how simple it can be to fix really, really huge problems, which are beyond the doctor's capability to fix. And and tell us, because you also got started because you yourself had a, uh, let's say, a major health challenge in your life and overcoming that. I think is probably a big part of your story and your journey. Uh, but if you wanted to to tell us about about your personal story, I, I'd always been in, interested in natural health right from a, a young age. But I made one huge weird mistake, really unlike me. I took an antibiotic once, and the next thing I know, I'm in hospital. I've got type one diabetes. I've got arthritis so badly I can't even get dressed anymore, and I'm just getting worse and worse. And the uh, monitoring me 24 hours a day and they say it's hopeless no, nothing they can do to stop the decline but after a few weeks i figured it out myself by reading books and i realized i was low in, on vitamins and minerals primarily and a year and a half later i have totally recovered from the arthritis i i've you know that was 35 years ago i've never had a twinge of arthritis since uh, it's reversible despite what people have told you and um, it gave me the opportunity to realize that look, health is an interesting thing to study. And I've just, for years now, just looked at what is health. Because actually, it's really simple. You know, we're self-repairing. So all we've got to do is to 
figure out how to self-repair. And our, our ancestors got it right a lot of the time. They were eating naturally, seasonally, and they were living a much more natural life than, than we are. So in this modern era where the food is, generally speaking, poisoned, where the soil is, generally speaking, poisoned, you know, not to mention the air and the water, we have to take steps to stay healthy in, in an unhealthy time. And compared to the dire situation of taking a drug to fix a problem, you know, if you can adjust your diet and take some supplements and get your health back, that's the way to go. You know, people lose their health, they go to a doctor who doesn't study health, they study disease and they study medicine, uh, and they want to get their health back, but the poor old doctor, they're taught not to cure anything, they're taught to treat things. And, you know, while everybody's low these days on minerals and vitamins, nobody's low on pharmaceutical drugs. But the doctors only have, you know, the GP really only has pharmaceutical drugs to offer you. You know, maybe they'll make the symptoms better for a while, but regrettably they're not taught health cures so, but our ancestors knew them, you know, we, to survive this long through history, you know, there would have been somebody in the family who had a, a medicine chest or a knowledge of herbs or whatever to keep us alive if we cut ourselves or got ill for, for any reason or, you know, whatever it was. And one might think that in a few generations that be, that's been totally lost, but luckily it hasn't. And now with modern technology, you know, the ability to research so easily, the field of how to fix yourself by yourself, I think is really quite comprehensive now. It's reasonably easy for most people with the right resources to fix themselves relatively, no matter what. I mean, received wisdom, Clive, is, and we hear this all the time, we see this in the media reports, uh, disturbing documentaries on health and all sorts of you know, exposés, that there's certain things that are irreversible. Like if you have type one uh, diabetes, it's, it's, there's no cure for it. It's not reversible. You just have to live with it, get used to the insulin shots. Or if you have MS, multiple sclerosis or all, of, there's so many of these different bevy of conditions. And I'm sure you're familiar with all of the main ones that no, you don't even, don't even delude yourself to think that you can either get rid of this condition or god forbid you know cure it it's just not going to happen it's there's only pharmaceutical solution for it and it's only maintenance you can only maintain or uh, help with the pain relief and you know help with the discomfort but you will never be free of whatever regime that you're on and can you speak to that some of what you what you say is correct you know things like type 2 diabetes Generally speaking, that can be sorted in a month. Arthritis, you know, those sort of things are all reversible. Type 1 diabetes, which I have myself, I haven't been able to reverse that one. It's some sort of, you know, ironic situation that the one thing I don't know how to fix is the very one that I've got. But I've seen all sorts of, so to speak, incurable, according to the doctors, incurable genetic irreversible diseases uh, fixed sometimes in a day. In fact, I had one just a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, last, well, a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a Zoom meeting. I have this thing called Secret Health Club. And uh, there was a meeting of some members of the Secret Health Club. 
and we were, we were discussing things. And one of them was that um, uh, this chap, I think it was about 20 years old, was saying that in one day, using something called targeted selenium, he had stopped being ADHD. He'd been ADHD for his whole life, essentially, and in one day sorted it out. The doctors have told him that that was an irreversible condition. But I had somebody else who um, tried another um, uh, material called, it's, it's, a, it's nanopolycosinol. I can talk about that later. And they've been told, or the parents have been told, that this child is 18, uh, nonverbal, um, you know, 20 stone, uh, uh, you know, super big guy. You couldn't argue with him. If he wanted to eat from the refrigerator, there was no stopping him. Anyway, um, uh, she she gave him the nano polycosinol, and on the first day, uh, for an hour, he cried, which was an unusual, he'd cry, but unusual for an hour. And then later on that day, for the first time, uh, he said, said the word mama. So there are cases where dramatic uh, results can happen ridiculously quickly. So you're in the... Uh, secret health club meeting uh, and then somebody else came in and said I've had a result with the targeted selenium uh, my grey hair has grown back to its old colour and then she said and and by the way uh, I find that my addiction to red wine has stopped uh, again in, in a day so it's about finding the materials that really work because most of the health products out there, you know, in the supplements in the health food stores, most of those companies, literally the whole company has been bought out by the pharmaceutical industry or, or the arms industry or whatever. There's a tiny percentage left that are really selling you the product you'd really want if you only knew. But you go into the health food store and it's, it's you know, it, it's amazing there. You don't know what what to choose. So I started trying to some years ago, you know, trying to simplify it as to what really are the keys. And I realized there are you know, maybe 10 or so absolutely key substances, you know, like vitamin C, like selenium, that pretty much, what, 95% of us all are low on because it's not in the food anymore. And, you know, it, for your listeners, it may be simpler than they previously thought to get their health back. And in terms of the food, so you're saying that, you know, let's say we go to the produce section at the supermarket and, you know, we, we think we're eating healthy. We, we fill up our basket with fruit and veg, but we get organic as well. And you're saying that the, the mineral content is just not there or it's not what it was in the past. And there's different reasons for that. Some organic food, I'm sure if they're, if the farm's really good and they, you know, take care of their soil and so forth. But um, I know that you, you you could probably tell us that there are big differences, like all fruit and veg are not created equal, basically, in terms of nutritional content, and that you will need supplements of these key items in order to replace what would have been there, like, let's say, 50 or 100 years ago, but is not there anymore. But uh, go ahead. Well, um, I, I've been lucky enough to have had a, an organic farm for about 10 years. This is many years ago. And it was on soil that had never been poisoned with chemicals. So over that, that 10 years or so where I lived there, uh, it was totally unnecessary for, for me to, 
take supplements because I was eating a lot of wild food. There happened to be lots of wild mushrooms and all sorts. Also, it was very natural. And I used to go to a local spring, which was quite nearby, and all the water we drank or cooked with was spring water from the mountains. And it was, you know, it was idyllic. So uh, my neighbors, one day I, I went up the hill and I noticed um, the field, my, my neighbor's field bordering on mine, all the trees were dead, fruit trees. And I, I said, well, what, what did you do? And he said, oh, well, um, this is in Spain, by the way. He said the, the EU were subsidizing, you, know, you get 25 kilos of chemicals for, you know, ridiculously, you know, 25 euros or something super cheap. And he said, well, you know, twice must be better. And he'd wiped out his whole field. And you know, we've got a choice of supporting our local farmers who are getting it right uh, or supporting, <clears throat> excuse me, supporting supermarkets like Deathco. Too many people are going into Deathco who are themselves destroying modern agriculture by insisting that the farmers do it the very cheapest. And most of the small farmers are being wiped out worldwide, as I think pretty much everybody knows. The big corporations, particularly BlackRock and Vanguard, you know, because they own everything in the world, pretty much, or the major shareholders and everything, they're buying up all the land and farming. You know, we're going to be held to ransom by the whole agricultural business. And it's coming fairly close. You know, the deliberate destruction of the economies of the world is going along very nicely from their perspective. They're doing an absolutely brilliant job. And the, unfortunately, the people are making it worse by going on strike and going on marches where they could be doing something sensible, like planting food as, as the demonstration, you know, trying to become as self-dependent as possible, you know, start starting their own currencies. You know, the, the, the unfortunately, of course, the, the leaders of unions and so on, and you know, many of the leaders in all sorts of areas are put there by the authorities uh, to make people do the very thing that destroys the economy even quicker. I think I've um, digressed from uh, supplements, but you know we we've got a choice. I mean, my one of my favourite analogies is uh, this beautiful woman gets off this beautiful horse carrying a beautiful baby, and the woman says to you, um, "That would you mind helping me?" Would you mind just looking after my baby briefly, looking after the horse, because I've got to do something urgent, and you know, you, you, you're, you're, you've got the time, so you're happy to do that. And you know, I've got the horse and the baby. And she says, by the way, you know, I don't have to say the baby's very valuable, but the horse is worth 40 million quid. So um, what are you going to feed the horse and the baby? Well, you, we might decide that avocados, carrots, oats, you know, they're, 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 we've got a few foods we could think of to feed both. And so how much poison shall we put in the food for the horse? And how much poison shall we put in the food for the baby? You know, should it be 1% or half a percent or, you know, just how much poison should it be? So clearly we don't want to poison the baby or the horse. But every time we go to Deathco and we buy something, yes, they're saying it's organic, but is it really? Uh, but anyway, let's say it is. Um, well, let's say it isn't. Then it will be poisoned. You know, if you feed that horse or that baby anything that isn't organic at the very least, then you're going to be poisoning the baby. And we have to stop supporting corporate evil and not buy poisoned foods at all, ever. Yes, uh, so, uh, financially, it can be a bit tough, 
But this is why instead of marching, we ought to be planting. You know, and if you don't have a garden, loads of other people, and all they're going to eat uh, next spring is grass. You know, we could be planting now for the future, and I, I think it's incredibly important. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great a great point and a great message too. Now, 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 in the last eighteen months, last twenty months, you've been doing what you you do for many years, and then all of a sudden, this tsunami crashes onto the shore you know what i'm talking about the the global pandemic and all of a sudden the 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 hysteria is running rife uh, everybody's uh, first concerned about their immune system uh, but that was quickly uh, subsumed by the obsession with vaccines so and then this this schism has appeared and the schism is uh, natural immunity versus synthetic immunity natural immunity or or natural health which you are born with or your natural state and then there's this other one that you have to pay a subscription to that's conferred to you by the the, the corporation uh, and the products that they're they're selling and and genetically modified uh, uh, products as well uh, vaccines or we're talking about or jabs or injections were you getting inundated with, because uh, I know some of your customers are probably thinking, Clive, Clive, what do, what do I need to to protect me from COVID, uh, to protect me from the coronavirus, to, to strengthen my immune system? And I know this isn't a quite a straightforward conversation uh, because we do have this slightly diverging philosophies between germ theory and terrain theory. And so depending on which one you lean more towards or, or subscribe to in terms of the philosophy, um, that's you're going to have a very different answer to some of these questions. So I'm going to, I just want to, you know, hand that back to you and just tell us the beginning of the, 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 the COVID era and how this, how the conversation went for you and, and the people who you're trying to help. Well, my own personal experience throughout life, I'm now 67, so up until about 15 years ago, I used to get colds or flu, you know, that kind of stuff, where I might lose my sense of taste or lose my sense of smell, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, you know, good old detox, all this snot and everything would come out like mad for ages. I may be sweating and I'd be, you know, having a good, good old detox, really. And... That used to happen, you know, say three times a year. And then I suddenly discovered that I was low on vitamin D in winter. So I started supplementing with 10,000 IUs of vitamin D in winter. And, it, and it's so cheap, it's silly. And I've never had a sniffle since. So um, for me, that was all it was. I was eating pretty well. So I'd got enough vitamin C and I was getting enough zinc. And, you know, I was eating well enough that for me, that was the only thing. So I've I just, in the winter, if I haven't been getting sunshine, I will take vitamin D. And you can get a test online, very cheap, to see, make sure you haven't taken too much or too little. So, but for others, it may be vitamin D and vitamin C. Because, you know, if you're eating fresh vegetables and fresh fruit, the vitamin C is there. But vitamin C deteriorates with time and deteriorates with heat. So by the time it's ended up, you know, in your kitchen, how much vitamin C is left? Well, it may not be very much at all. And so for a lot of people, supplementing with vitamin C is, 
hugely valuable. And at this point, I, I need to put in a disclaimer that if I use the words um, cancer or cure or vitamin C, I'm spelling them all with a K because um, for legal reasons, if I spell these words with a K, that's fine. You know, the law is very specific with spelling. So um, about three years, two years after I recovered, 35 years ago from antibiotic poisoning and the arthritis, my dad's best friend, who happened to be a banker in New York, funnily enough, he got cancer for the second time, and he'd been given you know, some weeks to live. He was, he was all right, but given you know, time, you know, not much time. Anyway, he rings up Linus Pauling, the only bloke to have won the Nobel Prize twice by himself, uh, uh, he was famous for his vitamin C research. He said, what do I do? I got cancer the second time. And Linus Pauling said, take 35 grams of vitamin C uh, in divided doses per day. And he did. And when he did die, it wasn't from cancer. And that was 20 years later. So vitamin C, um, anything that one might take uh, a needle for, you know, anything that you've been told is infectious or whatever. Like, and it could be huge, like smallpox or uh, HIV or uh, really anything. Uh, vitamin C, in the right quantity, spread out properly, taken correctly, uh, preferably with a few cofactors, will overcome the lot. I mean, when I was young, there were people around with like, these metal calipers to help them walk because they hadn't been able to walk because they caught polio. Now, polio, it was proven by medical doctors some 60 years ago that vitamin C totally reversed polio. And it was shown that it did the same with pretty much everything. So, yes, they may need, people may need cofactors, particularly vegans, for instance. You know, the people who aren't eating uh, properly raised um, animal products, it could be cheese or butter or cream or, or whatever, um, they're more likely to be lacking the nutrition that we all need than, than maybe the meat eaters. But our ancestors didn't have these health problems we have now because they were eating the real thing rather than, say, a cow that doesn't know what grass is, that doesn't know what sunshine is. You know, if, if you think about it, in the wild, cows like to graze on mountain pastures, for instance, on the hillsides where there's the herbs and the wildflowers and the mushrooms and so on. They like to graze on the leaves of the trees. And the old varieties were like jerseys and guernseys. You know, jerseys are the slightly smaller, you know, brown cows, and they have the really creamy, delicious milk. And you know, the best milk is uh, jersey, so they say. Cheese and yogurt made from jersey milk is wonderful as well. And... Uh, but if you just fed the, the cow grass, right, that's a monoculture. It's like feeding you broccoli for the rest of your life. Cows don't eat grass, despite what any child will tell you. They eat pastures and woodland and, and so on. So then the cows are injected with money-making needles. You know, they don't need it. I, I had a herd of uh, quite old... I've, had places in the country near old varieties of cattle. And I remember one day the cattle always used to look over the fence and see me. And one day they looked like they've all got colds. 
and they'd all been vaccinated that day. And boy, did those cows look sorry for themselves. It, it, it wasn't right. So if you are going to eat meat, do your utmost to get organic. But if you're going to eat fish or prawns, organic will fool you. Because, and so what, well, same, same with animals. You see, um, with fish, you want wild. If it says organic, it just means it's been farmed. Yeah, they've, instead of feeding it um, chemically poisoned food, they're feeding it rubbish that those fish or prawns would never eat. They're allowed to feed genetically modified grains or food to animals. If, you don't, if you're not buying organic chicken or organic meat, uh, then it will be uh, likely fed with genetically modified soya because that's about the cheapest food to feed animals right now. So more than ever, it's important to, if we can, just refuse to let the bastards poison us. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and as a general rule of thumb, the smaller the fish, uh, sometimes lower the mercury levels, sardines, good, uh, anything wild, line caught, ocean line caught, uh, or wild trout or something like that. Most of the salmon that you're going to get anywhere in the world is going to be farmed. So it's going to be more expensive uh, to get uh, more natural salmon. Going to be, you're going to pay a premium for it, quite frankly. There's no way around that, no matter where you are. Uh, but you're absolutely correct there. So we, we really have to be more discerning. Um, in, in terms of discriminating what, what we're buying and reading the labels and, and things like that, and not just going for what's cheapest or what the lowest price tag is at uh, Death Co. I know you've got that lisp, Clive, that you, you struggle with uh, when pronouncing certain supermarkets. But uh, <laughs> this is absolutely true, yes. Yeah, we understand. <laughs> so, so I want to just, I mean, I, I've got... You know, I acquired some of your uh, products. I've been taking them for, for a while. Uh, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D3. I've got uh, charcoal as well. I believe the charcoal is to help activate absorption uh, and magnesium blend. And also, there's many different types of forms of magnesium, and you've got them all in one blend. Uh, so these are just some of the essentials that you were talking about. Your sort of main ten, your big basket of ten. That's that's not to say that's everything, but that's the, those are some of the essentials there. And so, so in terms of uh, the winter coming up, you mentioned uh, vitamin D three. That's really important as well. And magnesium. What, what what is the significance? What's the importance of magnesium? Well, I would say that it was magnesium that primarily reversed my arthritis. Now, um, there are many types of magnesium, and, and there are four in the blend. Um, and what happens, with the, well, magnesium is the ultimate mineral. Really, everything works around magnesium. Magnesium is at the top of the tree. It allows relaxation. Now, what is the world lacking right now? Relaxation because everybody is stressed way more than we should be, way, way more. So the body responds to the stress of the world by burning our magnesium levels. So if we are so stressed or we're eating food that's so devoid of magnesium that we start getting the magnesium 
deficiency symptoms, then that can be sort of a warning sign, like an early warning signal. Let me let me run through magnesium deficiency symptoms, and somebody might have one of them, maybe. So magnesium deficiency symptoms can be twitches, hiccups, can be constipation, could be heart beating out of rhythm, atrial fibrillation. It could be something like a restless leg. It could be wake up in the morning and stretch and you get a cramp in your leg or your foot. Could be menstrual cramps. Could be, could be problem sleeping. Uh, there are a host of magnesium deficiency symptoms. For me, it was arthritis. For many, it might be back pain. Could be joint joint issues. You know, the doctor said you've got to have surgery, some artificial something or other. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Probably magnesium deficiency. Maybe a couple of other things. Perhaps could be a deficiency of organic sulfur. You know, it could be that you're poisoning yourself and that's caused the joints to deteriorate. It might be inability to, to digest the food. You might be eating good food, say, but if you've had your gut damaged by any doctor's drug, pretty much, particularly antibiotics, many people are eating the food, but they're not actually really digesting it properly. It's going in one end of the tube and out the other without being assimilated into the organs of the body and the blood and so on. So there are some simple ways, I reckon, to sort of bulletproof yourself. Uh, I think the only thing about winter is vitamin D, but pretty much all the rest are keys to good health. And let's just go back to magnesium for a second, because... Many people say, well, I tried magnesium. And they maybe tried one a day or two a day, or maybe some people might have taken four a day. Now, that sounds like a lot. But if it's the wrong type of magnesium, the cheap stuff that you, you see, you know, the common stuff you see in most stores, that, that one, four, will probably fix your, fix, might fix your constipation, but it's not going to give you enough magnesium to make a difference to all the other symptoms. Some people need 12, not, not one, two, or four. Some people need 12. And I've seen people uh, in a day or two of taking 12 a day for, for a short time, not forever, go from suicidal to all right. Seeing people who haven't slept through the night soundly for 10 years sleep through the night. I mean, it so... There are so many things that work really quickly. Magnesium is one of them. You know, if you're having a muscle cramp and you, let's say you sprayed on some liquid magnesium, uh, which is magnesium um, chloride, uh, often, let's say it might take uh, two minutes for the cramp to ease, or uh, you rub in the magnesium and very, very quickly, let's say half a minute or less, it will start to ease because magnesium goes straight in the skin and acts immediately. So, so much so that, let's say, a doctor uh, is faced with somebody having a heart attack. If they, if they're an emergency room doctor, chances are they might uh, inject that patient with magnesium sulfate, and probably within a few seconds, the heart attack would stop because the heart would relax. You know, it's a muscle, 
the heart would just relax because of the instant hit of magnesium. So uh, magnesium is magnificent, you might say, and it makes the other stuff like vitamin C work properly. And you've got four in your magnesium blend uh, here. I see you've got four different types of, of magnesium. You've got glycinate, turinate, uh, citrate, and malate, uh, the majority of which is the first one, uh, glycinate. So you've, you've got them in a blend, four different types or four forms of magnesium. I, I assume that's to optimize uh, absorption. Well, uh, there are advantages to each type. Um, taurinate uh, has taurine, taurus, you know, it's an animal-based pro product, but this is from fermented vegetables. But I put in uh, the taurinate for the, for the benefits it can give to eyes. Uh, we're switching out the citrate. We're not going to use it in the new blend. We're going to be putting L3-inate in there, which is the, the one that people say is the best for neurological issues. And uh, bisglycinate I like a lot because it's really um, uh, bioavailable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm never stuck on, on one idea. It's always, you know, trying to look for something that's a little bit better and a little bit better. And, and magnesium is, is very important as well in the detoxification uh, process. It does assist in, uh, you know, transporting uh, things uh, out, you know, through the, uh, the, the renal system and so forth. And it facilitates the, uh, uh, the the electrical functions that happen in our body every second that a lot of people don't realize that we're like a battery, basically. And so that's why we need these essential vitamins and minerals because they conduct the communication in our body between uh, between different uh, cells and organs and, and transporting things, sending messages from the gut to the brain, from the heart to the gut, etc. So we're, we are like one kind of nuclear <laughs> we're like a nuclear battery basically and uh so when we're deficient uh it, it the the systems don't work and this is when you have uh breakdowns and degenerative conditions and so forth but uh so and and in terms of zinc uh that's the other question a lot of people have because a lot of people are talking about you know with covid uh to to they're saying throw the zinc at it throw the vitamin d um, so what's the significance? Um, and I'm not I'm not uh, prescribing to any of the mainstream conversation per se on any of this stuff with regards to COVID. I'm just saying what what's out there in terms of uh, you know early treatment and so forth. What what various people are saying. But what's what about zinc? What is the major benefits of zinc? Well, uh, zinc has been known for a very long time to have huge benefits for a strong immune system and. If, uh, say, you're vegan, you're eating pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds, and there are, there, there are many ways to get zinc from food. And, uh, but uh, if somebody thinks they're low on zinc, they might be low on zinc because perhaps they're high on copper. Maybe there's a lot of copper pipe work in the, in the, in the water, or they're drinking out of something copper, or they're wearing copper jewelry. Um, it may be that some people are overloaded on copper, and copper and zinc need to be in balance. Uh, zinc is about happiness. Um, turns out that something like 70% of violent men in prison are low on zinc. Also, by the way, it turns out that a lot of uh, violent, violent people, men and women, 
get violent when their blood sugar runs low. You've heard of people getting hangry. For some people, they'll beat the shit out of you because they're hungry. Um, But back to zinc, uh, men again, um, men who have prostate issues might want to consider they may be low on zinc and low on selenium. Uh, Men who are having a lot of sex and ejaculating lose a lot of zinc and selenium. Zinc has always been linked with uh, aphrodisiacs. So, you know, the famous aphrodisiac of the lot is oysters, and they're full of zinc. Yeah, so, yeah, oyst- oysters, absolutely. Great, great source of, uh, of loading up on zinc. So, uh, in, uh, that's in terms of supplements. And just, just to uh, round that out, and by the way, just click on, if you're on the show page or on our front page at 21 Wire, uh, click through Clive DeCaro. You'll see the banner ad there. That'll take you uh, to his website where you can inspect and look at some of these things for yourself and if uh, you think this is something that might uh, help round out your program your personal program by all means uh, we encourage it Uh, it's one way to help support the show and also to get great products uh, from clive but in terms of the just the last thing i wanted to talk to you about clive is more of a it's more of a philosophical question and we we always hear this thing that uh, well you're genetically predisposed to this and We've been told this our whole life. The media is awash with this type of thinking that uh, you're stuck. You know, if you're genetically predisposed, you're going to get certain diseases. It's in my family line. And and the same thing with, uh, I think, with uh, the fear of the virus, fear of the microbe. Uh, in other words, it's, you know, there's nothing you can do. The microbes on the loose. The virus is on the loose. If you don't take precautions, it's going to it's going to take you down this winter. Uh, COVID is active in the area, so sort of like Goldstein active in the area with George Orwell. Um, so this this there's a kind of a disempowering narrative there, and I think it does very much lend to the sort of the pharmaceutical intervention, the pharmaceutical solution to everything, as you started off the conversation talking about, and. And it is so. This is, I mean, in your just in your opinion, does this? If you want to change this paradigm, is this a way that is this a mindset, or is this? Do you, is it to require somebody to change the way they look at the world, in order to if if they're going to reevaluate how their health is and and what they can do about it? Self empowerment. I'm talking about. Does it require that you have you have to kind of change the lens in which you're looking at the world that you live in? I know that's a little bit uh, philosophical, but I wanted to to get your uh, your opinion on that. Well, we are self-repairing. We are what we eat, drink. We are what we eat, drink, think, and do. We are. I mean, I personally am not scared of any virus, for example, um, because I believe that if I stay healthy, my body can protect me against anything. You know, yes, there are there are some things that are, uh, you know, dangerous out there, but viruses, no, I don't. I believe that um, uh, my body is strong enough. To completely resist anything with that with that symptomology, 
Bacterial infections, that's more difficult. But even bacterial infections can be overcome with things like vitamin C. And one of my favorite videos um, is by uh, Dr. Andrew Sewell called Reverse Pneumonia in Three Hours. We're using vitamin C. He, re he reverses bacterial pneumonia in three hours. Um, so I stay healthy by eating healthy and taking a few supplements. I don't go overboard. And uh, luckily, I stay remarkably healthy. Uh, and that's the way we need to be. We just need to look back at how our ancestors achieved it and try to mimic them. And they ate freshly, seasonally, locally, sensibly. And they grew a lot. They foraged a lot, got it wild. And, uh, you know, we, we can repair ourselves, you know, even when it comes down to teeth. You know, years ago, I was working with a medical doctor. It was he, he who first explained to me that you can really grow your teeth. He explained that um, uh, if you cut your finger, well, you know how to fix that. You would you'd keep it clean. You wouldn't put food or nasty stuff in it. You just keep it clean. It would repair. You break your fingernail, it repairs. It regrows. You get a little hole in your tooth one morning, and for the first time ever, it's, ouch, my tooth hurts. Okay, what's the difference between a cavity in your tooth and the cavity in your finger when you cut your finger? That was a cavity. What's the difference? Well, the difference is instead of, let's say, going on a fast for 24 hours or less and you know, drinking water, but you know, just letting your tooth, like your nail or your finger, have time to regrow itself, assuming you're eating well enough, uh, well, it would have regrown. What, the, what we're told to do is go to a dentist who immediately drills out about a third of that tooth. There was a teeny little hole, which hurt. Now they've, re, now they've destroyed the tooth, really, in a few years' time, and that would be gone. So we need to understand that on every level, pretty much, if we put the right materials in and we get the toxins out, we've got to stop poisoning ourselves. And in some cases, people have got to get the toxic metals out, you know, the people who've had a jab in the past, any type, people who've been eating food with too much mercury or they live near a coal-fired power station, you know, many, many people are toxically poisoned and uh, the same supplements that are actually good for you at, on the one hand are often equally good at removing the toxins, you know, pretty much everything we've talked about and we've only covered about half really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that just opens up a whole other wing of the conversation uh you know as, as to you know, what causes illness and, and so many times the true causes are in fact chemical or a toxic poisoning but it's it's so often covered uh by other scapegoats um even the i was reading just today the the disappearance of bees around the world um and they've they've tried to say it's because of climate change or the the african hornet has invaded Europe and really uh, some scientists in Germany uh, found out that and they've known for years that it's actually been uh, linked to pesticides uh, and the proliferation and the use of certain pesticides and that has damaged uh, bee populations um, all over the world. But it's just so, so convenient and easy to scapegoat other things. 
and the, the industry is very powerful. They can suppress scientific research. As we know through the current COVID crisis, they'll elevate certain types of science and suppress uh, other types and don't fund other types of research that might be maybe inconvenient to whatever the products are that are uh, being pushed around. Um, so it's it's just so so much that's the case, and uh, and people just are none the wiser. And I think it's actually been that way through modern history. I think there's so many other of these so-called pandemics or outbreaks in certain places that might have other explanations historically uh, than the, the you know the the virus or the plague or whatever. So that's just another topic of uh, of conversation. But um, anyway, I wanted to probably round this conversation out and I wanted to thank you uh, for sharing uh, your experience and uh, sharing some of this knowledge with us Clive and uh, and uh, yeah we want to encourage people to explore uh, what you're offering there just click on the link on the show page uh, and on our front page as well Clive DeCarl and you look at some of these great nutritional supplements great things that you can add uh, to your repertoire uh, that are going to help you be uh, a lot healthier and round out your diet and hopefully uh, performing better in all the things that you need in life. But um, thank you very much, Clive, for joining us on the Sunday Wire this week. And any final words? Well, yes, fantastic news for bees, beekeepers and people. Shungite, the inexpensive mineral, black mineral shungite, put near the entrance of the hive uh, fixes the problem. And uh, hives that have got down to, let's say, just 50,000 bees have gone up to 5 million uh, right away just with shungite being put at the entrance. And there are videos on it. Oh, wow. And what's the significance of, uh, of shungite? Shungite is a most interesting material. It changes water. It um, uh, has all sorts of electromagnetic effects. It's an electrically conductive uh, mineral. Um, uh, it's it's worth researching. You know, shungite. It's it's quite easy to find it, and it really is uh, magnificent for bees, and it, you know, interesting for people as well. Yeah, there's there, and again, last thing is there's so much that we don't know about how uh, how our amazing bodies operate, how this world operates. Um, it's there's a lot more to the picture, and we're. We're probably, in terms of our knowledge and intelligence, really at a very beginning level, even in super modern society. So, and and that goes for bees as well, and insects, and and the animal world as well. We we have we know very little. There's a lot of phenomenon that we still don't understand. But uh, you wouldn't know that if you're watching the news. They think they've just got it all figured out, and they've got a one size fits all solution for everything uh, in a syringe or a pill. And that's not actually the case. And people are finding out more and more that's not actually the case. And as you said, Clive, our ancestors knew that already. We've just, what, we've forgotten it uh, in the last hundred years or so, right? Well, we've been manipulated, lied to, and uh, mind-controlled. Yeah, well, you know, the snake oil salesmen just got more expensive suits and... uh, nice cars and in the meantime that's kind of what happened they graduated uh, from the uh, hypothecary wagon uh, into uh, skyscrapers uh, in recent years uh, basically but uh, we'll, <laughs> that's another another conversation of course we'll leave that there 
But um, thank you, Clive DeCarl, for joining us on the Sunday Wire this week. Thanks, Patrick. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's Clive uh, DeCarl and uh, fantastic discussion, of course. And uh, we encourage people to jump on to Clive's website there. Just click on the link on the show page. And also you'll see it at 21stCenturyWire.com. Uh, we'll be doing more of these types of health features uh, in the coming weeks and months, especially through this winter as well. And we want to be promoting uh, the best possible overall health for our listeners and getting you guys fit and ready to go to face the challenges that you need to face. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. We'll be right back.